want to remind you of a couple things before we jump into our message today. I'm going to ask if our ushers are prepared with Bibles. If uh, you need a Bible to follow along with our message this morning, just slip your hand up nice and high, and our ushers are going to bring those to you. Just keep your hand up until somebody responds. Thank you, ushers. Thank you for serving us in that way. While that's happening, just let me remind you about four quick things, all right? If you have your bulletins, you can pull them out and sort of follow along here. But we are doing some summer community outreaches in both the city of Mississauga and in the city of Milton, and uh, we are looking for volunteers. If you have some time during the day, during the weekdays, or even after school in this next month or so that you can help serve in those community outreaches, I want to challenge you. There's an insert in your bulletin. Read the information, and uh, we need you to help us out with that. Secondly, next Sunday evening, 6 o'clock, we have a worship celebration here that is going to rock your socks, okay? Uh, How many of you enjoyed worship this morning? Amen? Well, next Sunday night, it's going to be like, I don't know, four times that. Like, just, it's going to be awesome. All right? Somewhere Dwayne is going, what? Uh, No, it will. It'll be fantastic. We're going to honor Jordan LG next Sunday evening. It's going to be a special time of farewell for them as well, for he and Emily, as they transition to uh, a new place of ministry. And I want to just challenge you. We are going to receive a love offering for them uh, over this next week and uh, Sunday, next Sunday as well. And we'll take up an offering in the evening. Uh, Just a reminder, though, when we do a love offering like that, it's all love, okay? All love, no tax receipt. All right? Are we, is everybody clear? So just so you know, and uh, that's going to be great. We want you to be here next Sunday at six o'clock. We have a special seminar we're going to offer in uh, two Thursday nights in June, the 13th and the 20th called Developing Emotional Intelligence for Success in Life. And this is going to be put on by, uh, by trained counselor Murray Kingwell, and it'll be two Thursday evenings at seven o'clock. There's an insert in your bulletin. We want you to be aware of that. And then lastly, our FaithWorks Connection Group meets next Sunday. And uh, that's uh, the, the business, work business group. And their theme next week is seeing God's hand in my business and in my work. And so uh, that's at one o'clock in the gym. And so if that pertains to you, or if you've never checked that out and want to, want to find out what that's about, please do that. All right, everybody good? Matthew chapter seven, let's turn in our Bibles today. And uh, we're just recapping very quickly. We've been talking about uh, the Sermon on the Mount over the last... Well, number of months. We started last September. And uh, how many of you have realized we're getting close to the end of chapter 7? How many of you realize that? Yeah, we're, we're almost through. It's been a fantastic journey. And these last couple of weeks, we've been talking about choices. And uh, two weeks ago, you know, we talked about two gates and two roads, two groups of people, two destinations. And we talked about choosing to live our lives with the end in view, choosing to live a selfless lifestyle choosing our friends wisely, and, and then living a life of extreme adventure. And then last week, we talked about another kind of choice. We talked about the difference between uh, true prophets of God and, and false prophets, and about how that we need to be so careful within the church community, especially in the body of Christ, to beware of those who would try to, to pull us off track, to be vigilant, to watch for the, the fruit of, of a teacher's character, the fruit of an individual's conduct, and the content of their teaching. And then also, you know, we talked about the fact that we need to be intentional. If you want to know what the false is, You need to immerse yourself in the truth. You have to understand what it is to know God's Word and to to, uh, be understanding uh, of His principles. And so that's what we talked about over these last couple weeks. Today, 
we're also going to talk about choices. Because as Jesus concludes the Sermon on the Mount, He's really driving this home. He's saying to all of us, if you're going to be a citizen of my kingdom, if you're going to be a follower of mine, there are some important choices you are going to have to make. And uh, so today's text is going to be very interesting for us. I encourage you to take out your sermon notes uh, or follow along on your uh, smart device with the Uversion app under live events. You can uh, find the sermon outline there this morning. And we are just going to jump right into this. This week, Jesus talks to us about heaven. And he implies that there may be some surprises when we get to the gates. Now, I know that you've probably read these verses before, and we're going to read them together again. But, but let me just talk a little bit about that. We're shifting perspective today from looking outward. Last week, we were talking about, you know, the people around us, who's true and, and who's false, and how do, we, how do we know. But today, we're going to get a little bit more introspective and take a look inside. And we need to sort of ask these kinds of questions. Am I really who I say I am? Am I really a part of God's kingdom? Am I I truly a devoted follower of Jesus? And that's kind of what we want to determine today. Am I the real deal? You know, uh, back a few years ago when the Olympics were in Beijing, we sent a missions team uh, over to China to do ministry over there. And as, as part of, you know, the, the ministry they were doing, of course, they also wanted to get in and see some, some Olympic events. And so before they left, they bought some tickets online and uh, they got over there. How many of you remember the bogus ticket scams in Beijing during the Olympics? Do you remember that? They got there and, and you had to actually physically go to pick up your tickets in China uh, so that you could get into these events. And when they got there, they discovered they didn't have tickets for, for the events that they had purchased for at all. It was totally all a scam. You ever been in that kind of scenario? Uh, my brother, a couple of weeks ago, when the Leafs were still in the playoffs, um, had tickets to game two against, uh, against Boston. And so he and, and his buddy went and they, they actually, they got into uh, the ACC. They were seated in their seats and they watched a part of the first period until uh, suddenly the actual ticket holders of those seats showed up in the aisle. And there was a bit of a conversation because my brother and his friend had paid for their tickets and these other folks, they had the actual authentic tickets. And uh, guess what? My brother and his friend ended up watching the rest of the game from home on the couch because they didn't have the right ticket. Well, imagine... Imagine living your entire life thinking you were doing everything that you needed in order to get into heaven, in order to get into God's kingdom. And when you get there, Jesus says, um, sorry, that ticket's no good here. Well, that's really what we want to talk about today. Nobody wants to end up with a bogus ticket to heaven. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, and uh, follow along with me as I read. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name uh, cast out or drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evil doers. Wow. That's pretty intense, isn't it? And so we want to talk about that a little bit this morning. Now, let's just throw it out there right at the beginning. Uh, If there's a heaven and if there's a hell, and I believe that there is, obviously, 
But if, but if, if people are wondering, uh, and, and sort of they, they accept that as a basic premise, that those exist. Everybody wants to go where? Everybody wants to go to heaven. Many will say, you know, they're, they're all going to be there at the doors trying to get in. Everybody wants to go to heaven. I mean, given the choice, heaven or hell, we would all choose heaven. As a matter of fact, there's a great song. I wanna, want you to just watch a short little music video, and uh, then we're going to come back and talk about this a little bit. But it illustrates what I want to sort of communicate to you today. So let's watch the screens together. Country music fans, this is for you. Sunday morning, son, you better start living right. You need to quit the women and whiskey and carrying on all night. Don't you wanna hear him call your name when you're standing at the pearly gates? I told the preacher, yes, I do, but I hope they don't call today. something in there for all of you island folk as well. Um, but seriously, did you listen to those words? This speaks, I mean, it's cute and everything, but it speaks to a prevailing attitude in our society, in our world today that says, you know what, I, I want the benefit of heaven at the end without doing anything to change my lifestyle right now. And all of those lyrics, you know, we listen to the song and it's all, it's all cute, 
But throwing an extra 20 in the plate, you know, just to kind of get God's attention and, and an extra 10 to see if the pastor won't, you know, kind of mention him to God the next time they're talking together. All of those kinds of things, you know, I, I listen and, and it makes me laugh. But it also makes me very, very sad at the same time because there is this idea that, you know what, one day when we get there, God's just going to kind of wink and, and everything will be okay, Right. So we want to talk a little bit about that. And um, we've been talking throughout the Sermon on the Mount about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And, and we've determined that this is a kingdom that exists in, in two sort of uh, space continuums. It, it exists right now. The Bible talks about the kingdom that's, that's already God's kingdom here today. But it's also a kingdom that's not yet. That one day we will be together with Jesus in His kingdom in a, in a wonderful place called heaven and then we'll come back here and we'll, we'll rule and reign with Him on the earth. That's going to be fantastic. And so the issue that Jesus is raising in this text today is that there are a lot of people who are living to secure their place in the not yet kingdom. They want to be in heaven, but they want to do it on their own terms without embracing the kingdom of God today, now. But citizenship in God's kingdom means choosing certain things in order to be a part of that kingdom later. You can't have one without the other. And so Jesus makes it very clear in this passage that there are going to be a lot of surprised people arriving in heaven. These people will be under the assumption that they have chosen the things that will earn them a real ticket. But we'll find out they have been misinformed when they get to the gate. So we want to talk today about what they are. What are the choices true citizens of the kingdom will need to make in order to get in to God's kingdom then? True citizens of God's kingdom then, first of all, will choose, they will choose authenticity over association. They'll choose authenticity over association. Matthew 7 and 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. There are all kinds of people in our world today, in the church today, who name the name of Jesus, but that's kind of where it ends. And they think that it's enough to be associated with Him. You ever meet a name dropper? Have you ever met one of those people? You know, uh, they let on that they know absolutely everyone who is anyone, and to listen to them talk, you would think that, you know, Mayor Hazel is coming over for dinner next week, and, and Taylor Swift has asked them to sing backup on her next album. You know, don't those kind of people bug you a little bit? They just like to drop names everywhere to kind of make themselves look better, make themselves seem more important. There's a, there's a story in the Bible in Acts chapter 19 about a Jewish group named the Sons of Sceva. And uh, using Jesus' name, they try to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. And uh, they would say, you know, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And one of the evil spirits actually talked back to them. And here's what he said. He said, you know what? Um, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but who are you? And that's the kind of name dropping that, uh, that is going to get us into some trouble. What happened to these people who are trying to cast out demons in Jesus' name? The evil spirits actually laid a beating on them so severe that, uh, you know, they, they didn't use Jesus' name anymore because they were left naked and bleeding in the street. They were nothing more than, than counterfeits, like we talked about last week, trying to use the name of Jesus, but having no authentic faith and no relationship with Him. They didn't know Him, 
They just knew his name. They knew about him. They associated themselves somehow. And there are a lot of name droppers in the world today when it comes to knowing Jesus. But Jesus tells us here in this text, it's not enough to be associated with him. We can't just say, Lord, Lord, and expect to get into heaven without having an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Ask people on the street if they are Christian these days, and you'll get a lot of different responses. And one that you will often get is the person who says, sure, I'm a Christian. You know, my mom and dad went to church XYZ for 50 plus years, and, and I go faithfully at Christmas and Easter. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. They mistake their association with church or with other people who are Christians or who are churchgoers with being a Christian themselves. They say, Lord, Lord, but really, that's all they can do. They, they just name drop because they don't have an actual authentic relationship with Jesus Christ on their own. Somebody told me once that, that uh, you know, uh, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger, right? That's kind of a, a, a good truth. Romans 10, 9 and 10, here's what it says. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, profess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you prof- your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Professing Jesus is only one thing, and it's it's a, an important thing, but it's only part of the process. Those are just words that we say. Paul says that we have to believe with our hearts or be convinced in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead. Professing faith is one thing, but it is with our hearts that we believe and are justified, Paul says. So no lip service in God's kingdom and and no magic formulas. Without an authentic relationship with Jesus, without being part of his now kingdom, we don't get access to the kingdom, not yet. Because there's more to an authentic relationship with Jesus than just naming a name, or having a label, or even praying a specific prayer. Professing with our mouth and believing in our heart is only the beginning of a great journey of spiritual formation where we begin to become like Jesus Christ as we apply God's Word to our hearts and to our lives and as we learn the precepts and the principles that He teaches there and as we begin to follow Him. In Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see, as followers of Jesus, as true citizens in His now kingdom, we have to commit a whole lot more, commit to a whole lot more than just being associated with His name. We need to be like Him and do what He says in order to have authentic relationship. True belief in Jesus leads to a much deeper experience than just religion. It leads to a relationship that comes out of trust and obedience. Here's what Amina Brown says in her book, Breaking Old Rhythms. Having a relationship with Jesus presses all my do-not-want-to-be-vulnerable buttons. Knowing Him requires learning to follow Him, depend on Him, surrender to Him. Submit to Him. Trust that He knows better than I do and believe that He knows what's best for me even when I can't see my way. That's what a relationship with Jesus is about. That relationship involves a laying down of self, a dying to self. And that's going to be illustrated for us right here in this tank in in a little while. 
people who have said, you know what, I'm giving up that old life. I'm, I'm laying my old self down, and I'm being resurrected to new life in Jesus Christ, and I want to follow Him and His ways now. It requires complete and total trust in Jesus and an intentional following of the Master. So citizens of God's kingdom choose authenticity over association. They also choose obedience over obligation. They choose obedience over obligation. 7 and 22 in our text says, Many will say to me, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and, and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? You see, there are many today who more than just name dropping are, are actually out doing things in the name of Jesus, in the name of the church. And they think that that will somehow get them into God's future kingdom. As a matter of fact, they're counting on it. They think that if they do the right things, if they somehow fulfill their obligation by doing the things that they feel are expected of them as good people or even good Christians, then they will somehow make it to heaven. Ask ask someone, you know, if they're a Christian or if they think they are going to heaven. And many times you'll get this response, well, I'm a good person. You know, I'm not a murderer. I give to charity, maybe even to the church once in a while. I do good things for people. I'm a good neighbor. You know, I keep most of the big God rules, the commandments. So yeah, I think I'll likely get in. And they figure if they do enough good things, then they can somehow fulfill their obligation and Jesus should let them into his heaven. But just doing out of obligation, that doesn't cut it either. Instead, true citizens... In God's now kingdom, those who have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ are people who gladly and joyfully serve in God's kingdom because of all that Jesus Christ has done for them. True citizens of the kingdom obey the teaching of God's word, not out of obligation, but with grateful hearts of love and of compassion. They're doing it because they, they want to do it. They obey out of their hearts. Heartfelt obedience is the key, not dutiful obligation. John 14 and 23, it says, Anyone who loves me, Jesus, Jesus said these words, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Jesus is talking about obedience that flows from relationship in our hearts. If we love Him, we will obey and He and the Father, they love us anyway. They, they love us in return, but they love us unconditionally no matter what. And so we serve out of love. An important thing for us to remember is that doing things for God, especially if we do them with ulterior motives, that's not the same as obedience. That gets, that gets somehow mixed up and confused and watered down in the middle. Lots of people in the church have started out well. Maybe even, you know, with, with an authentic relationship with Christ. Great intentions at one point, but somewhere along the line. Their Christianity became a religion instead of the relationship it was intended to be. And they started doing things out of either drudgery and obligation instead of joyful obedience. Or they did them out of ulterior motives. They stopped living in relationship as sons and daughters uh, you know, of, of, uh, of a father who always loves them and always wants to bless them and, and instead started living like they had to prove something in order to win the father's affection. When this happens, when this happens, people go to extravagant lengths to try to display their righteousness, kind of like the Pharisees that we read about here in the Gospels. 
They begin to do things for people to see instead of doing them for God. Or they, they, uh, you know, they give money so that they will be blessed instead of to be a blessing. They go on mission trips maybe or serve in the church so that their scorecard will be full. But at the same time, either being you know, dead and dull inside and just going through the motions, or even worse, beginning to, to act completely opposite from the way that Jesus taught. It's so easy for us to slip into uh, another style of, of, of living that is, that is worldly and not what Jesus has called us to be if we're not serving out of hearts of obedience. Amen? So being a Christian, getting into heaven... It's not just about having the ticket. It's not just about saying the prayer. It's not just about knowing the name or even doing the stuff. Sometimes we think if we do all the right stuff, we'll get into heaven. Faith is not about our works. It's about obedience and serving and following Jesus Christ with our whole hearts and with all of our lives. So you say, well, well, that's still doing the stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's doing it for the right reason. It's doing it for the right reason. So we have this issue, you know, sometimes people's private lifestyle don't add up to their public persona. They're simply doing good works, but their lives aren't changed. They're not changed. You know, the problem in church today, we heard this last Sunday, is that we listen and we follow, but often we don't study and apply the Word of God to our lives. Citizens of God's kingdom choose authenticity over association. They choose obedience over obligation. And then lastly today, they choose compassion over condemnation. Compassion over condemnation. Jesus says in verse 23, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Remember what Jesus said to us in the sermon about judging others? You know, judge not or you'll be judged. The gospel was never meant to be used as a, as a weapon to judge or to prey on others. The message of the gospel is a message of love and of grace and of forgiveness that produces this heartfelt and willing obedience that we're talking about. But when we twist for our own gain or we wield it like a weapon, we are like the false prophets that we mentioned last week. And Jesus pulls no punches here. He says, some of you, you're going to come, you're going to say, I did all this stuff in your name. And I'm going to say, away from me, you evildoers. Your hearts are all wrong. Jesus says in this last verse of our text, if you get to heaven and you've been doing things in my name outside of that authentic relationship with me, if you just, you know, say you know me and do the stuff, but we don't really know each other, we're going to have an issue. I'm going to tell you to get lost because true citizens of the kingdom of God choose compassion over condemnation. You don't have to go very far back in history to uh, realize that many things have been done in the name of Jesus Christ that would never have earned His approval or His authority or His blessing. Think about the, you know, the Crusades many hundred years ago where thousands, thousands of innocent you know, people were, were slaughtered by the church, by the church, because they were Muslim. That is horrific in God's eyes. That's not, that has nothing to do with Him. We look to the Reformation. You know, we all think about Martin Luther and that was a wonderful time. But we see many Protestant martyrs who at that time were burned at the stake. Some who were beheaded. Some who were hung, drawn and quartered in the name of Christ. And on the other side, there were others who were hung and drawn and quartered and sacrificed and burned at the stake by the Protestant 
reformers. Tell me that that's what Jesus is about. That's not what Jesus is about. Many who did not believe in in, uh, child baptism were burned at the stake. Um, People who we would call Baptists today, who were then called Anabaptists, were burned at the stake and murdered by both sides, Protestant and Catholic. Just ugly, ugly history in the church when we think about what Jesus is supposed to be about and what people do in the name of Jesus because they choose condemnation. They choose to judge over the compassionate, loving heart of Jesus Christ. There have been all kinds of holy wars throughout the world's history. Even today in our our materialistic age in this continent in North America, there are shepherds or evangelists sometimes who wear the sheep's clothing but are actually wolves who preach, you know, a health, wealth gospel, who say that no one should be poor if they're a Christian, no one should be sick if they're a Christian. You should have 100% health and 100% wealth. Wouldn't that be awesome? How many of you know that's not reality? That's not reality. Try to tell someone, like my friend's, Uh, who just a week and a half ago buried their 15-year-old daughter who died of leukemia. Try and explain that to them. It doesn't work. It doesn't fly in a real world because, you know, sickness, sin, all that stuff is a part of our world. Our world is broken. And Jesus can come and he He can move on that and over that. But nothing is guaranteed and God is sovereign. And so, you know, we there are even evangelical healers who say everyone should be healed if you're truly a Christian. And I I just have such an issue with this. But if we take a close look, we realize that these are nothing but evangelical tricksters. And if they fail as evangelists, they could probably make a lucrative career as professional magicians and illusionists. Actually, sometimes people outside the church are even better at recognizing this than we are. Right? As we get this idea, we want to believe, we want to know, we want to think that's true. I'd love to be wealthy. That'd That'd be cool right? As well, there have been people in North America who actually have, have murdered, murdered abortion doctors done in the name of Jesus. Hyper-religious people who have gotten caught up in their own forms of religion and forgotten about compassion and God's grace, choosing condemnation instead. John, 1 John 2 and 5 says, if anyone obeys his word, Love for God is truly made complete in them. And this is how we know we are in Him. If we obey and God's love is made complete in us, if we have hearts of compassion towards those who are reminded. Paul reminds us of the importance of doing everything with love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3, he says this, and I want you to read it out loud with me, will you? If I speak in the tongues of men or angels... But do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing." No love, we're nothing. That's what Paul says. It's not about condemnation and finger pointing and and being right. It's about the love of Jesus Christ flowing through our lives to others. Of course, you know, we aren't compassionate to the point, and I want to just finish with this. We're not compassionate to the point of saying anything goes because there is only one way. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Too many today would say the road, you know, that road is too narrow, that all roads, all faiths lead to heaven, that one day we will say, Lord, Lord, and everybody will get in. But that's not what the Bible says. It says that to be citizens in God's kingdom then, we need to be true citizens in God's kingdom now. We need to choose authenticity over association, obedience over obligation, compassion over condemnation. In the end, it won't matter what we say. I want you to get this. In the end, it will not matter what we say. You can have your speech all prepared. Jesus said, many will say, Lord, Lord, and even build their case. Did we not do all these things? But what matters will be what Jesus says. He will make the ultimate decision. And if we haven't been citizens of His kingdom on earth, if we don't really know Him... We won't be citizens of His kingdom in heaven either. There could be a lot of surprised people one day. So the real question we need to ask is this. Am I a true citizen of God's kingdom now? Am I really the follower of Jesus that I say I am? Do I have an authentic relationship with Jesus out of which flows joyful obedience to the principles of His Word and a heart of grace that is compassionate toward others? Am I reading God's Word every day? Am I listening to hear what God is saying to me? Am I spending time in prayer with Him and, and speaking to Him, but also listening, listening to His voice? Am I being formed into the likeness of Jesus Christ on a daily basis? Because that's what a true and authentic relationship with Jesus is all about. Or am I just associated with Him? and doing the things I think I should do out of obligation, and have I forgotten about grace, and instead wielded my religion as a burden for others around me as well. And so we need to take the test today. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 sums it up like this. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course you fail the test. Can we pray? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the principles of your word today. And God, I just am so thankful, Lord, for the living illustration that we are about to see right here in front of our eyes this morning as individuals will follow you in obedience in the waters of baptism. Lord, declaring that they have laid down their lives and that they have put themselves to death and are being risen to new life in Jesus Christ. God, what an incredible thing for us to be able to close this service with in a few moments. But Lord, for right now, in this moment, I want to just ask you by your Holy Spirit to speak to hearts and lives all across this room. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, you might be here today and one of those things just just caught in your spirit, it caught in your heart today because... Maybe you realized that what you think is going to get you into heaven then is really not what gets us into heaven. You maybe have realized that you're, you're doing stuff for the wrong reasons, that you don't actually have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to know. If you invite him to come in and you begin that journey, you begin to follow him with a whole heart out of heartfelt obedience, if you will do that this morning, you can have assurance in your own heart that you're holding holding the real ticket to heaven. And so if that's you today and you say, you know what, Pastor Jeff, I, I I need to make that decision this morning. I need to say yes 
to Jesus in that authentic faith kind of way that you're talking about. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand with every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't want anybody looking around, but yeah, thank you. All across the room, is there anyone? I just want to take a moment. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you can put them down. Anyone else today? Maybe you've never even considered this. And I want you to understand, you're going you're gonna to make that invitation, you're going to pray a prayer this morning, but that's just the beginning. It's just a prayer. From today on, you need to make a change. You need to choose an authentic relationship with Jesus over just naming Him in name. You need to choose obedience out of the heart. You need to choose grace and compassion in your life. So let me challenge you as I just pray this prayer for you, as we move to the next part of our service, make sure it's an authentic choice that you're making today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person who raised a hand this morning. Lord, meet with them right now as they, Lord, even just in their hearts, say to you something like this, God, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiveness of sins. Please forgive me of all the wrong things I've done and come and make me a new person in Christ. And Lord, help me from this moment forward to choose to live my life, to follow you in in an authentic way as we've been talking about today. Lord, thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. If you pray that simple little prayer right now, then Jesus is your Savior and he has come and residing and is residing in your heart, but you need to start now to engage that relationship with him. Father, have your way in our hearts as we continue in our service today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.